Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. Today we hear from Brad Codwell, who is helping businesses and leaders make money through branding and business development strategies. Make sure to download, subscribe, and share the Breakfast with Champions podcast so that you don't miss your opportunity to get a seat at the table. With that said, let's grab a seat at the breakfast table and listen in. Thank you very much, guys. Real quick, let me do a room reset. You are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We now have 15 hours of programming each weekday from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., plus 6 a.m. to noon on Saturday and Club 111 on Sunday, which happens at 111 because because that's what it's called. Right now, invite some friends into the room by hitting the plus sign, or better yet, invite them to join Breakfast with Champions Club on Clubhouse as a member. I tell you to invite them as a follower, but that's not a thing anymore. Um, And I do want to give a special shout out to everyone who sent me really awesome notes of encouragement from Monday. I got to sub in on our Monday programming, Uh, went to not try to knock out an hour, and I think I spoke for at least nine minutes of that hour um, through awful internet connection. Uh, so if I, hey, Sarah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up? Nothing. I was just making sure I had good reception. Um, you because, do. Because Monday, it was terrible and it was choppy. And I appreciate your notes of encouragement. And again, I appreciate those who stepped in in my absence, especially my man, Marvin, and my dear friend, uh, Fanzo, for stepping in for me. So today, we're going to talk about something that I swear is not a word I've made up. It's been around for a minute. But first, I'll tell you a story. I got my first job at 15. Like, I cut grass and stuff when I was 12. But my first real job where you have to, like, fill out paperwork, you get a check, you have a bank account. When I was 15 years old, retail gig in the local mall in Durham, North Carolina, where I'm from, nothing fancy. Training, nailed it. Never late. Super proud of myself. So proud of myself that weeks into being an employee, I told my boss how proud I was of myself for how quick of a study I was about the business and how, my, how great my punctuality was. I was never late. And you all have heard this before. This is the only response he gave. On time is 15 minutes late. 15-year-old Brad was stunned, kind of angry, like really angry. And I took it to the real boss in my life at the time, and she still has kind of a high rank. I took it to my mom. I was like, Mom, you're not going to believe what he said. And she said, he's right. She said, Brad, I drop you off at the mall, because again, I was 15. I drop you off at the mall 35 to 40 minutes before you're supposed to be at work. What do you do? Well, Mom, I run to... This one little shop, I grab a snack, I sit down, I get up, and I, I walk to work in time to, to be able to be there right on time, right, right when I'm supposed to be there. So my method was that I would leave early, grab a snack in the mall, and show up just on time. It was perfect for me, and I was wrong. I'd made an idol of my own methodology, ignoring the results and the people it was hurting and the things it was keeping me from. It was a negative reflection on me. And I didn't know it because my method was more important than the results. And that's called methodology. Worshiping the way we do something above all else. Making an idol of our methods. 
And I know I have methodology. I deal with it all the time. I have to constantly remind myself as an entrepreneur, as someone who owns a couple businesses, as a dad who's raising boys, I am constantly having to remind myself just because it's working doesn't mean it's the best method. Just because it's what you're comfortable with doesn't mean it's what you should be doing. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about how you can assess if you have methodology, how you can adjust if you have methodology, and how you can eradicate it in your life. And then if we have a couple minutes, we'll throw out some questions and let you guys just ping thoughts around. So the first question would be, do you suffer from methodology? Here's how you can know. Quick self-assessment test. Question one, do you celebrate the method over the outcome? We are in breakfast with champions. How many of us praise ourselves for our 5 a.m. alarm clock, but we don't get anything done any better or more efficiently than the person with the seven o'clock alarm clock? How often are we praising our method over our results? What I really like about when Glenn talks about his schedule is the intentionality behind the times. Now we hear 3 a.m., but you can hop over to Instagram and see a cool video about what he's doing, where he's at. My man drops 15 minutes from his house to his studio. He studies, he prays, he gets ready, he gets excited. He does all of these things and then the show begins before I ever even wake up. It's not a question of his method, it's a question of his results. And come November, when they're celebrating a thousand episodes of Rise and Grind, the results speak for themselves. But a good question for all of us, all the time, is do you celebrate the method over the outcome? And the second question you could ask is, do you measure efficiencies and outcomes? At Spark, my company, the primary company, the one that I actually run day to day, we say, do you inspect what you expect? See, we think our systems are tight, never failing, and our systems don't fail. And in general, that's part of the problem with inefficiency, because inefficiency is not something you spot when things fail. Inefficiency happens when you're successful, when things are going great, but you're running at 89% capacity when 100 is the goal. We want to be highly efficient. We want to be highly skilled. We want maximum effort and maximum outputs. But we don't know if we have those if we're not measuring our efficiencies and our outcomes. The third question is, do you compare you against your competition? Sometimes methodology results in a tremendous amount of arrogance. Not always, but sometimes. We can say, well, I'm not, I'm not paying attention to my competition here in the, Wil I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Here in the Wilmington, North Carolina market, I'm not paying attention to the competition. I'm not worried about what they're doing. But they're winning too. My competition's not falling all around me. I walk in an abundance mindset. I believe it's a really big pie and there's a big table. We've all got seats. We are all allowed to have utensils and there's plenty to eat for everyone. So I could be learning from my competition. There are some fantastic design agencies in this community, great marketing companies, not a brand strategy company anywhere that I know of, but there are some great people in my industry right here in Wilmington. I have clients in Seattle, Washington. Do you know about the branding and marketing community in that area? 
it is trend-setting, forward-thinking, expert-level, and always ahead. Am I taking the time to compare myself against my competition? Fourth, if you find an inefficiency or a better method, are you willing to change the method you currently have? Like if you say, Brad, at five o'clock, I'm not more efficient and effective than you are at seven. I don't get up at seven. I got small children, so I'm up at six. But for the sake of the, the analogy, if there's a two hour gap between when I rise and when you rise, but you can't show better outcomes and efficiencies than me, it's not a question of what time your alarm's at, it's a question of what you do as soon as your feet hit the floor. And if you could ask me, Brad, what do you do at seven that makes you more efficient than me at five, so that now at 10.30 on the East Coast, you're ready to execute this talk, and I, man, I'm still drinking my first cup of coffee. I'm still trying to figure out my bearings. Well, then we would immediately assess, man, keep waking up at five, kudos. I think it's a really cool life skill that, mm, mm, ask Glenn, ask Sarah. Uh, I struggle. I don't even pray for that gift. I really don't. I don't think I want it. But I respect people who can rise early and get things done. I'm confused by people who rise early and do nothing. Because sleep is great. So if I can sleep a little bit longer and do a little bit more, I will. But quite frankly, I know that if I got up earlier and I was focused, my friends, I would get so much more done. So the method that I'm beholding to, beholding to is my own self-satisfaction. I just like my sleep. I'll wait for the two-year-old to scream. Now that he can climb out of his crib, which is a new life problem, I'll wait for him to pull the blanket. Just show up in our room magically like an awful AM genie. So he is forcing me to change my methods. How often are we waiting for something to force us to change our methods? Because we're not mindful of our inefficiencies. We're not mindful of a better way. But if you were, would you be willing to change it? And then the last question about how you can assess if you are suffering from methodolatry is, are you super proud? When I said pride, did you say, man, I got to go find another room in the hallway? Like my man's talking about pride. I don't want to talk about pride. pride. Pride makes me uncomfortable. The only people pride has ever made uncomfortable are the people who carry it. Pride makes me uncomfortable. I'm a proud dude. So when I ask you, are you super proud? The inverse question would be, are you growing your revenue? And I don't mean like, are you growing it a little? I mean like, are you pushing it? And this isn't just a business question. Are you super proud of your methods, but you don't have balance in your life? Now I'm not a super high believer in balance. But are you so out of balance and out of alignment that you can't see where you're going next? You are high stress. You wake up with a four Tylenol a day habit. If that's you, my friend, I would encourage you to assess the methods by which you live in your daily life. Would you say, I've got great methods, but you lack focus? Then you don't have great methods. So are you super proud? but you don't have super receipts in life and in business. If that's you, 
my simple encouragement would be me too, me too. If that's not you, man, man, be quiet. <laughs> Just shh. Don't unmute your mic. Don't clap for me. I don't want to talk to you. We're not friends. I don't. Uh. Uh. Uh-uh. No. No. If you're like, man, I my methods are flexible. I'm constantly efficient. I am always working to to better myself. Take the mic for me, and you can run the rest. Cause. Because otherwise, just go pray for us. Pray, pray for all of us who are sitting here going, oh, methodology. That is a new word I did not want in my vocabulary today. When Spark started just two and a half years ago, I had a plan. It was it was simple, really. But I thought it was like revolutionary. Sign the client, spend four to six weeks researching their brand, their marketing, their ideal clients, consumer trends, opportunity gaps, the communities that they wanted to work or serve or sell to and all of their inefficiencies. And it took about a month every time. And every time I did it, I would make this beautiful booklet with graphics and stats branded to them, not branded to my company, because you know anything about our company, we elevate the other, not ourselves. And so it looked like it was a document they had created. And from it, we would give an outline of all the marketing things they could do. Everything from here's how you could write your training manual to here's a hundred keyword opportunities for you on your website and everything in between. I loved that branding strategy guide. Oh my gosh, I loved it, loved it. And after about my fifth or sixth client, so five or six of these guides going out, a thoughtful client, chiropractor right here in Wilmington, I handed it to him with the same pride that I must have always handed it to someone because my baby was beautiful. Y'all know that person with like, oh, my baby's beautiful. Like I have three kids. Our second born came out looking like an alien. I'm okay with it. He's beautiful today, but whoo, bless him. Sometimes we think the baby's so beautiful, we can't pay attention to what we're actually doing with that beautiful baby. And so I, I handed this to, 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 to the doctor and he looked at it and flipped through it and was like, man, this is, this is cool. And then he said, what am I supposed to do with it? What am I supposed to do with it? Again, I was stunned. What do you mean? It has everything you need in it. Like it's literally like everything but accounting and the chiropractic work. Everything's in this book. And he said, no, Brad, it has everything you need in it. I have you. Oh, that was a really short walk back to my car that took like a week. The time I had wasted making a beautiful, clear, focused book that did not help my clients at all. I would go back to each client and ask for the, ask for the guide. And if they knew where it was, they had to dig to find it. No one was using the guide because they had me. So this time, thank God, I heard the admonition with much more clarity and humility. I immediately stopped making the books. I got so much time back. It took me four to six weeks to write that. So instead, I would do all that work for a week make my own notes and my own shorthand for my own personal understanding and edification of that client's industry. And I got to jump way ahead in efficiency. 
I went straight into the work filled with the information that I already knew. So if you're hearing me and you're assessing yourself and your methods and life in the office and you're spotting opportunities, here's why you need to move past the methodology in your life right now. The first thing in work, in your family, with your relationships, in your community. Number one, it's about them. It's about who you serve. Can you make the product faster, execute the service better, get your client acquisition costs down, or raise your ability to meet their needs? In the business world, it's about the consumer, not the product. It's about the last person and the next person who are going to make that purchase, not how pretty your website is. It's about if it actually reaches the people who have the need that you are the solution for, not how clever your words are. It's about them. And if it's about them doesn't compel you enough to pump the brakes on your methodology, number two, it's about results. It's about results. If you're on here and you said, Brad, I am, I am a, a nonprofit here to try to change the world. One of my clients, this is of true of Brad and of Spark. One of my clients is in the southern part, southern peninsula of Haiti. I couldn't reach them for three days this week. If you don't know about the earthquake in Haiti, that's why I couldn't reach them. They run an orphanage. So they're already helping the least of these in Haiti. And now there's a massive earthquake and I couldn't reach them. And if it isn't about them enough, the primary reason I was trying to reach them is because now more people are calling me than ever before because they want to give them money. Because when they found that organization, that organization was ready to receive. Inefficiency is the enemy of excellence. Hear that again, inefficiency is the enemy of excellence. If you can maximize your time, your systems and services, you win. Profits are made when we let go of weight that is delaying us. Reach, and I do not mean on Instagram, I mean impact and growth is made better and bigger when we don't have unnecessary delays. You want better results? Evaluate your methods. And then lastly, if, it's, if, 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 if it being about them isn't enough for you and it being about results isn't enough for you, methodology is a loss. It's a loss. You are taking a loss. If the consumer doesn't stir you and the results don't ignite you, then get uncomfortable with the idea that methodology is calling you, causing you to lose. It's causing you to lose. And I didn't get in business to lose. I got in business to win. I got in business so that my business can make enough money so that I could get to the people I most desperately want to serve outside of the, B, the B2B realm that I'm currently in. And as my profile raises, because wonderful people like each of you listening reach out to me because I say something clever, give me opportunities. As my profile raises in that way, if there are inefficiencies in the methods by which you reach me, I have a terrible method for answering emails. 
I have a terrible habit of not answering texts. One of my first methods is to doubt myself so that I don't reach out to you with the confidence that I'm speaking to you now. Then I'm forcing myself to take a loss. A loss. And no one downloaded this app, whoever you are and however you got to Breakfast with Champions. You didn't get on this app to lose. You might not have gotten on this app to monetize. You might not have gotten on this app to to raise your profile. You might have 10 followers and kind of wish you only had eight. And you might have 10,000 and wish you had 200,000 and everything in between. But you didn't get on this app to lose today. And methodology is a loss. So how can you avoid it? Three steps, super quick, and then we'll be done. Evaluate. Better efficiency comes from better measurements and better tools. Who's helping you watch your work? What tools do you have? There are literally thousands of tools to help you evaluate efficiency. Who'd you hire at the company? Did you really need one more sales rep or maybe did you need an assistant? Evaluate, educate. The key to education for me in my whole life, whether it's a book, a podcast, YouTube, conferences, friendships, my marriage, my own kids. If you don't listen to your kids, you're gonna be sunk in marketing because my 12 year old is living it, is to listen. The key to education is the ability to listen and learn. And then the third would be to execute. Make the changes. But what if I fail? Failure is not a loss. Methodology is a loss. Standing on back for an inefficient habit you have in your company, that's a loss. Consistently bad communication, that's a loss. I tried to change it and it didn't work. What'd you do next? Tried something again. And if you know your method of trying is I try once, fail once, and then I'm frozen, you have a methodology, a method, methodology problem. And we can help. And by we, I literally mean the collective. There's hundreds of people here right now. So execute, fail if you must, then fix it. So I hope this has been encouraging to you guys. Methodology is something that has wrecked my world, caused me to pause and allowed me to grow. I would tell you my company, this is not a flex. I am not a millionaire. I know a couple of them, um, but they don't really talk about it much, but I am a hundred thousandaire. I am a six figure earner and my company's two and a half years old. And if I hadn't learned that lesson a year ago, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I'd still be busting my butt on books nobody reads. I hope that's an encouragement to you guys. Uh, let me let me give a one more read of the room. So if you're enjoying today's programming and Breakfast with Champions, just imagine how much we'll learn together in person this November 5th through the 7th in Lexington, Kentucky. Glenn Lundy is celebrating the 1,000th episode of Rise and Grind by bringing back his Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference. All about how you can make more money and more impact. 
probably going to be indirectly discussing methodology, honestly. Anyway, a lot of your Breakfast with Champions favorites will be there. And between Glenn, Tamara, Amelia, Dave Meltzer, and so many more, we know you'll want to be there too. So go to www.growforgod.com for tickets. Do it. Do it. Anybody got any questions or anything like that with the final five minutes I have here on this Wealth and Health Wednesday? Open your mics. Brad, you're the man. Dude, again, I, I rushed to it. I heard the end of it. The one thing you said that really just spoke to me, and I got I have to have notes. Can you guys hear me okay? Because I'm getting the red bar of death. Hear you loud and clear, brother. Oh. The one thing you said, you have such wisdom. I had to message Sarah through this. I was like, thank you for finding Brad. Because, brother, you said inefficiency, which is so true, which makes me almost want to get off this app right after talking to me. Because I come on here always to listen and learn and grow. No one show up at inefficiency. Say it again. Inefficiency isn't the, isn't, is the, what is it, the thing to action. You say it so, how do you say it? Inefficiency is the enemy of excellence. Uh, enemy of excellence. That's it. Yes, that is that is a hundred percent true. That is in me doing seventy five hard, getting up, doing a whole different things. You know, when you start doing these days, you got to really be in charge of your time. And I want to make sure I was here for you, brother. I uh, appreciate you. But that is, I'm going to be more efficient uh, because of literally you. You have like such wisdom and such a gift for speaking. So we'll definitely see you there, November fifth. I just had to say that before I uh, run off to something else. The be start being efficient right now. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Anybody else? Got a few minutes left. Brad for... Caldwell. Yo. Yes, ma'am. I got my, my favorite quote for you from today. I respect people who rise early and get things done. I'm confused by people who rise early and don't. Really good. Oh, oh, oh. Really good. Thank you, sis. I appreciate that. Brad, I'm going to start calling you B-Rad. This is George. <laughs> Good to hey, hear from you, my, buddy. My fraternity brother. What's happening? That's right. That's right. Good to hear from you, B-Rad. Have a great day. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Anybody else? We got like three minutes, and then um, I'm going to do whatever Sarah tells me to. Hey, Brad. It's Lauren Lavender. I thoroughly enjoyed your segment. Um in, in multiple ways. And I feel like I'm still downloading a lot of it. It was super humble and informative. So I just appreciate you so much. Um, being in the marketing space, I'm obsessed with research and obsessed with efficiency and results. How do you measure results with branding? How do you measure these OKRs? What are the objectives that you set and how do you quantify them to actually measure them so that you can be efficient and then make moves and changes when you see fit? I'd love to hear your answer on this. I'm done speaking. Yeah, that's definitely a, a 122nd answer. Um, no, I think we need, to, we need to put branding in its proper place. And oftentimes in marketing, we either say branding and we mean the aesthetic. Or at our company, we would say it's the heart, the art, the expression, and then the execution. So um, we evaluate the heart of the company. Of course, we look at the art. That stuff matters. We work very diligently to help them create their expression. And then we get to the execution. And as we all know, it's very difficult to measure uh, ROI without deliverables. So if you have tremendous branding and crap marketing, you will not have results. 
So what we generally do is we get through all the branding work and we just say with tremendous confidence, either let us do it or we'll hand it over to the CMO of your company, depending on the level of the company, of course. Um, and you will, they will be able to execute it. And if they do it wrong, we'll know. And if we're wrong, we'll know. Cause I can tell you if they're doing it wrong, cause I know what I wrote, but if we're doing it wrong, we're constantly evaluating. So things like, is your website ranking the way we thought it should rank? No. And we do forecast that based on competitive analysis. Um, when you are, I do not care about follower count, likes and shares. That stuff's so irrelevant to me. And so, and because I run the company, it's irrelevant to the whole company. Instead, we talk about engagement. So we have one client that is so proud of their 314 followers on Instagram, but that's because every time we post, they get 250 likes and 90% of them are from followers, which is an absurd statistic. And so we spend so much time trying to figure out how that works because of those people who follow them, when we started about 10% were a part of the company, now over 50% pay for a service within that company. And so it becomes a much more demonstrable um, in, in the space of ROI. So um, we, we don't say branding determines ROI. We say good branding leads to great marketing execution and great marketing demonstrates an ROI. Thanks for the question, Lauren. And I enjoyed your segment this week as well, sis. Thank you, beautiful answer. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.